0: Welcome to the STSA Church Podcast. Each week, we discuss relevant, thought-provoking topics that challenge us to understand our faith more personally and engage in it more practically. We aim to communicate the depth and riches of our ancient faith in simple and understandable ways that are relatable to the modern world. We are in our finale, the the series finale, could be the season finale as well, the series finale of a series called You Are What You Ask, where we are approaching life with the idea that ultimately in the end, the outcomes of our lives are determined by the decisions that we make. And the goal is to give us a better framework for making decisions by asking better questions. Because what we talked about from the beginning of the series is every single person in this room, every person who exists on this earth, you have a framework in mind of how you make decisions. It's just a matter of whether or not you are aware of it or whether it's subconscious, whether you're intentional about it or whether it just happens to you. Like for example, you may make decisions without realizing it. A lot of people would say whenever it's a decision, yes or no, they ask, will this make me happy? Will this make me happy? And I bet if you're a person who asks always, will this make me happy? I bet you, you probably live a comfortable life, but I bet you probably also live a selfish life. Cause the goal of life isn't just to be happy about me, 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 me. Some people would make decisions by you would approach and say, will this make me rich? Will this make me money? And if that's you, you probably accumulated a lot of money in life. But maybe relationships aren't as deep. Maybe there's, there's no real connection there. Maybe you're isolated. Some people would say, will this make me feel good? That's the world we live in today. Everything wants to feel good. Will this make me feel good? And if you live a life, if that's a question you ask, will this make me feel good? Then you probably live a very pleasurable life, but maybe not a lot of depth to that life, maybe a lot of superficiality to that life, because in the end, you're only as good as the questions that you ask And the point of the series is me challenging you, challenging all of us to make better decisions by asking better questions, because in the end, you're only as good as the, as the questions that you ask. And we talked about three questions so far, so let's go quick recap for those who weren't here. Question number one, all together, read it with me. Question one says, am I being honest with myself really? And now when we said you have to ask it twice, am I being honest with myself, am I being honest with myself really? That week I challenged you to try to get to what's the real reason that you're making that decision? What's the true intent that's on the inside? We talked about how every one of us, whether we received a sales training background or not, every one of us is a great salesman to one sucker. There's one sucker on this planet who will buy whatever it is that we're selling, and that's ourselves. You can sell yourself anything. Any bad decision you've made, you've sold yourself on it. You've convinced yourself you're doing it for this reason, but the reality was maybe something different. Why am I doing this? Am I being honest with myself? Am I being honest with myself really? Question number two altogether says, What story do I want to tell? Every decision that you make is a permanent part of our story. Every decision is a per you're writing the autobiography of your life without even realizing it. You're writing the autobiography, one decision at a time. You get to determine what the next chapter says and the next chapter after that. And my challenge to you that week was to make sure that you're writing a story that you are proud to tell. That you are proud to tell your kids and your grandkids one day last week week number three i want to hear everyone leesburg especially i want to hear you on this time too all together says is there attention that deserves my attention last week we talked about how sometimes we are kind of going in this direction and this kind of makes sense and our excel spreadsheet says this but there's just this gut feeling this uneasiness inside of us that's like i just don't feel comfortable with that what i'm not what i'm saying is i'm not saying to blindly obey the gut but what i'm saying is to embrace it to wrestle with it, to, 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 to allow it to bother you and to figure out, is there anything to it? And in the end, if there isn't, there isn't. But you'd be doing yourself a disservice to not at least explore what's the reason for your hesitation. We said last week we wanna pause and find the cause of that inside feeling. So those are the first three weeks. If you missed that so far, go onto our YouTube page. You can watch all of them. Okay, I know today a lot of people are getting together. Okay, watch something on TV, Super Bowl, something like that. What better way to pregame, okay? Or better, better, we said Valentine's Day. Looking for a romantic date. Guys, you take the lady out, put her in front of the TV, say let's binge watch Father Anthony, turn down the lights, see where the night takes you, okay? (laughs) Our fourth and final question we're going to talk about today is the maturity question. Before I get into it, let me ask you a question. Show of hands. Are you a snoozer? Who's a snoozer here in this room? Some people are very proud to be snoozers, okay? Snoozers. Snoozers in the room. I saw hands up go all over the place. Snoozer. Some of you are thinking, I hope this sermon's not a snoozer. No, this won't be a snoozer. I'm asking you if you're a snoozer. Snoozers, let me ask you a question. As a former snoozer, I've been doing better, now I don't have to snooze because now my age is the bathroom break, I I can't get past a certain point anyway, so I have a built-in alarm clock. But when we were snoozers, let me ask you a question. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we snooze? Why do we snooze? Like some of us, okay, actually, let's do this one. Let's do a little, how many people are multi-snoozers? Okay, multi, let's go here, we'll give another prize, see if we get a prize. How many people, okay, how many people snooze twice on average? Okay? How many people snooze three times? Woo! Anyone four? At that point, why are you setting the alarm? Okay, you're going to snooze four times. Five snoozes? Five snoozes? Six? You're still employed? You got a job? Seven? Anybody seven? Oh, my goodness. my notes, I thought one, two, three would be the most. Let me ask you a question, especially the crazy people who said the six and the seven. No offense. Why do we do this? Are we insane? Like, are we insane people? Like, how many of us, if you're like me, how many of us, we got a plan for our night, for our day. At night, we set the plan. I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to eat a nutritious, healthy breakfast, prepared whatever oats or whatever. I'm going to make it fresh and whatever it is. I'm going to prepare for my day. I'm going to get to work. Like, I'm going to be prepared. And all that great plan is contingent upon one thing, Which is getting up when the alarm rings. And then what happens? Alarm rings. And then all of a sudden, even though you are dead asleep, you are dead asleep, your ability to do mental gymnastics at that time, okay? Like the the brain capacity of the one who wants to get more sleep, automatically we start calculating how much time we actually need, right? We do this okay so my alarm is nine minutes if you have a nine minute or a five minute or whatever it may be mine is nine minutes we start to in our mind while we're dead asleep think to ourselves do what can i do with those nine minutes how valuable are those nine minutes those you know what that healthy breakfast that i said breakfast is overrated intermittent fasting i need to do intermittent fasting snooze <laughs> and we say to ourselves i don't want to get to work early to prepare for this uh you know what there's not that traffic snooze or we say to ourselves, you know what, uh, brushing my teeth, that's overrated. Most of my meetings are on Zoom. So we, and we start to do all these things. We start to do all these things. And then finally what happens? Finally it hits us. We're going to get fired from our job if we don't get out of this bed right now. And we jump out of bed like a maniac, skip our Bible, skip our breakfast, skip everything. And in the, in, in the hopes that we would be so well rested from an extra nine minutes of sleep, 9 minutes of sleep that's going to change our life is what we think in the moment. We throw away the ability to have a successful day and we wake up feeling behind, overwhelmed, frustrated. Why do we do that? What's wrong with us? Like something is wrong with us. Like if it happened once, okay, it was a rough night. Twice, but some of us we're serial snoozers. Why? Maybe you're not a snoozer, but maybe for you, maybe it looks a little bit different. Maybe for you, it's not one more snooze. Maybe for you, it's one more bite. Maybe for you, it's one more drink. Maybe for you, it's one more bet, one more click, one more new pair of shoes, just this one more. And in the one more, we throw away that what you say is important to us. Like, we are willing to throw away our plan for financial freedom for that new pair of shoes. Why? We're willing to throw away our goal of physical health for one more bite. Why? We're willing to throw away relationships and potentially much more for one more drink. Why? Why? Why do we do that to ourselves? Well, I'll tell you why we do that to ourselves. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11 says, As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. See, there's something about human nature. Human nature likes to get as close as possible to the edge without going over. That's how we are as human beings. We like to see how close we can get to the disaster and then pull back just right before the end. And I'll prove it to you, I'll, I'll prove this to you right now. You drive, how fast do you drive? How do you determine how fast you're going to drive? Does anybody, I would love to meet this person, Say, you know what? I agree, 55, that is the, the safe speed limit. I'm gonna drive 55 because somebody has studied it and said, that's the safe speed. Anybody do that? How fast do you drive? Go sake, say Don't be embarrassed. We all think the same thing. How fast before I get caught? That's how fast you drive and you do the math. So you were told, like we were all told, that you can't get a ticket if it's, if it's t- within 10 miles an hour. Okay, that's what we were taught when we were kids, okay? And you ask any police officer they tell you that's not true, but no, we were taught that. Okay. The kid, the first kid who got his license said that. So that's like written in stone. So most of us, if we're honest, drive about nine, 10 or 11 miles an hour over the speed limit because that's as fast as we can go without getting in trouble. Why do we do that? Why do we say, you may not say this, you know, articulate it this way, but you may say to yourself, how much can I slack off at work before they fire me? How much can I eat before I get a heart attack? How much can I flirt before this is going to affect my marriage? The reason we all do that, there's something inside of us. I'm going to put it up here on the screen, okay? And, and as soon as I put it up on the screen, again, you may never have said this, but I guarantee that this is how you think, this is how we all tend to think. And I'm going to say the same thing in three different ways we tend to think to ourselves, if it's not illegal, it's permissible. If it's not immoral, it's acceptable. If it's not over the line, it's probably fine. Said another way, we tend to view life in terms of right and wrong. What's allowable and not allowable. What's okay. And what's not okay. What is just in front of the line and what is over the line. And in case this isn't readily apparent, why this is so dangerous. If you're a parent, imagine you and your children. Like I'm a father, I have a teen, teenage son and a teenage daughter. Would you ever imagine that I would go to my teenage daughter and say the following? Sweetheart, my beloved daughter, as you go out to this winter formal dance, as long as you don't do anything that's against the law, I'm fine with it. As long as, would you imagine, I go to my son who's in college now, say, son, Have a great time. As long as you don't end up in jail, I'm good with it. Would anyone want their children to make decisions based on what's going to put me in jail and not put me in jail? Of course not. But that's how we do it. We think to ourselves, how much can I get away with? I'll tell you how I hear this in a slightly different way, not so much with the jail, but I hear questions like, is it a sin if? Where does it say in the Bible that? And of course the ultimate are you saying i'm gonna to go to hell if i do that <laughs> and my response is is that your goal <laughs> to get as close as possible to the gates of hell without entering in without falling in remember last week how i said pay attention to the tension once you start asking that is this unforgivable will this take me to hell will this destroy my life okay is, is where does it say once you start asking that there's a tension There's a tension, and we talked about last week, pay attention to the tension. You already know the answer to the question. You just come into me for a different, to just try to get someone to, to to validate what it is that you're already thinking about doing. The goal in life is not to get to the edge of the cliff. The goal in life is not to say, how bad can I be without going to hell? The goal is not to say how much can I flirt before it counts as cheating on my wife? The goal is not to say how much do I have to steal before I'm officially a thief? How much do I have to ignore my child before I'm officially a negligent person? How much time you really gotta spend on social media before they start to make documentaries about you? Like that's not the goal. That's not the goal. What I wanna challenge you today, I'm gonna show you a verse up on the screen that will challenge you to a new methodology of making decisions. And it's not a matter of it's immoral or not immoral, not a matter if it's against the law or not against the law. I'm gonna challenge you to a different standard. First Corinthians 6, 12, then I'll give you this, the question. It says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. Can we read that all together? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. Could it be that there are some things that are lawful, allowable, not a sin, but not a good decision? Could it be? Imagine, I'll give you another example. Imagine that you are at uh, a a, a big swimming pool, okay? Very deep water, and you saw at the edge of that pool, there was like a two-year-old standing at the edge of the pool, okay? The two-year-old had wandered from where his parents were, and the two-year-old is standing now at the edge of that pool. What would you do? Would you do anything? What would you do? You'd run and save him, right? Why? Now think about it. Like, play the game with me. Humor me. Why would you, why would, like, all of us are be, oh my goodness, and you'd run and grab him. My question is why? Why? You, you would say because I don't want him to drown, right? But he's not drowning. Is he drowning? He's not drowning. He's standing by the edge of the pool. He's not even wet. He had one drop of water on him. Why are you flipping out? Well, the answer is very simple: logic. He's not drowning. He's not wet. But he's only one step away. He's only one step away. He's got no margin for error. He's got no room. And if you've lived long enough in life, you know that that's how life works. Is one minute you are dry. And the next minute you're drowning. One minute you are happily married. You have the respect of your wife and your children and the next minute all gone. One minute you're sober and in control and the next one you are tumbling down a cliff to your own destruction. to the little kid by the edge of the by the edge of the pool we react not to what we are doing for that child not we're reacting not to what the child is doing he's just standing we react to where he is headed the direction that he is going the direction that the arrow is pointing in and because of that I'm gonna show you our question for today and it might be the most important of all the questions and the question is this what is the wise thing to do what is the wise thing to do We have to change our decision-making framework, okay? No more are we gonna approach life and say, what's the bare minimum? What's the bare minimum to stay married? What's the bare minimum to not get out of school? What's the bare minimum to be able to not have to go to hell? That's not our decision. We're gonna ask ourselves, not how do I avoid a disaster? We're gonna ask ourselves, is it wise to do this? Because all things are lawful, but all things are not helpful. So you're allowed to have another drink. You're overage. You are certainly allowed to. You have have that right. But is that the wise thing to do? Let's be honest. Is it wise to have another drink? Is it wise to even have that first drink? You tell me. I'm not saying you're not allowed to be in a relationship. You're certainly allowed to. That is your right. But is it the wise thing to do right now after what just happened in that last relationship, after the situation that you just went through? Is it wise? I'm not saying it's not allowable, but is it the wise thing to do at this point in time? Is it wise to watch that movie? Is it wise to watch that show? Is it wise to go out to that party? Is it wise to be friends with that person? You're allowed. But is it the wise thing to do? Again, you're smart enough to know this. And most of the time, actually, let me me challenge you this way. You think of your worst regret in life. Think of the biggest mistakes that you've made in life. I guarantee you, if you're anything like everyone else in this world, very rarely does someone go from here to here in one decision. You know what usually happens? Usually starts off that we're okay and everything is okay and everything is okay, and then we just start to inch a little bit and we start to inch and everything's fine, everything's fine, and then over here I was like, whoa, that was a close one. Okay, but we're okay. And we look over here, oh, just barely missed out on that one. Okay, thank God. And we just kind of keep inching and keep inching and keep inching, and then someone warns us we're like, no, we're okay. And someone's like, hey, it's dangerous. No, we're fine. And boom, fall off the cliff. That's how it always happened. And what would have been better if that person, okay, that all these decisions to move from here to here to here to here, were not illegal things. We're not, there's probably no of the 10 commandments was not against any of these things. But the end result was, this was not a wise decision. And this was not a wise decision. And this was definitely not a wise decision. And the end result of all those not wise decisions is you end up in a bad place. One of the early church fathers, St. John Chrysostom, says it this way, someone who lived in the fourth century. He said, no one quickly and at once rushes out into vice. The devil gently and little by little, that's the most dangerous phrase, gently and little by little leads him on to it until he comes to the very pit of destruction and casts himself in. Just because there is no thou shalt not telling you not to do that doesn't mean there's a thou shalt do it. Just because it's not illegal, just because there's no commandment, just because God himself didn't appear to you and tell you that you're not allowed to do that, doesn't mean that it's the wise thing to do. Every week, I put a question up on the screen, we take a passage from scripture, usually it's a character of someone who exemplified what we're talking about here. Today, biblical passage is very simple, it's going to be three verses, and it's St. Paul giving us potentially the best advice. For 2024 that you could ever get. And you can give it to us for free right here. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, again he says it, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Twice there, actually kind of three times, he said, Don't be fools. Make wise decisions. Be wise. Don't be like the fools. Be wise. And the reason that it's so important for you to be wise, not like fools is because he said the days are evil. Do you know what it means? The days are evil. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The days are evil means that life naturally pulls us towards the outer edge. We are naturally inclined towards the edges, not towards a safe place. Like that child will always be drawn to the edge. And we are always drawn to, like I said, one more. we're not drawn to eat, we're drawn to overeat. We're not drawn to spend, but to overspend. Not to drink, but to overdrink, like that's, that's our natural, that's inside all of us, is to go to the edge, and the edge, and the edge, and then right at the end, pull back before we get over, but that's a very dangerous game to play. So because of that, we need to stop and ask ourselves the question, not is this allowable, not is this legal? But is this wise? Is it wise to walk to the edge of the pool? Is it wise to walk to the edge of the cliff? Is it wise to go? Like, that's the question we have to ask ourselves. And I'm gonna give you three ways that you can apply that question. Past, present, and future. i am put it up here on the screen we'll go one by one. In light of my past experiences, in light of my current circumstances, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Past, present, and future. In light of my past, experiences my current circumstances my future hopes and dreams let's start with the past you've heard the expression those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it you say it a slightly different way those who don't pay attention to what got them into trouble yesterday probably gonna find themselves in trouble today and tomorrow not as succinct as the first way but gets the message across in other words every one of us has a past Every one of us has certain things, experiences, that, watch this word, predisposes us to certain temptations and lusts. I don't want to go even further, to certain disasters and blind spots. In other words, each one of us is a sucker for something. So therefore, listen carefully, this is important. What may be okay for other people to do should be off limits for you. Based on my past experiences, forget about you, based on my past experiences, for you, you may say it's no big deal, but given my experiences and what I've gone through, for me, it's very dangerous, and I need to stay away. I'll give you an example. Most people think of me, I know I give off the impression that I am very disciplined. Father Anthony is a very disciplined person, okay? I don't drink. I never have drank. I don't see the purpose of it. Seems like you're wasting a lot of money to act like a fool, but that's whatever. That's on you, okay? (laughs) I don't smoke, never have smoked, think it's disgusting, okay? I don't want to put that junk inside my body. So you say, Father Anthony's a disciplined guy, you know? (laughs) I have a weakness. Maybe different than your weakness, but I have a weakness. And this weakness, I fail every time. No matter how much I'm prepared, no matter how much accountability, No matter how much I fast and pray, and in fact, the more I fast, the more I fall. You know my weaknesses? Buffets. (laughs) 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 All you can eat. And I got, it doesn't matter the kind. (laughs) Pizza buffet. Chinese buffet breakfast buffet. One time I went crazy at a sushi buffet. I don't even like sushi. <laughs> but once you tell me, I don't know what's inside me. Once you tell me that it is paid for no matter how much, like I'm going to get my money's worth when I go to all you can eat. <laughs> There's something inside me. Like my mom, didn't raise a fool. It's already paid for. You eat as much as you can humanly put inside your mouth. That's how I was raised. <laughs> One time before we had kids, me and Marianne went on a romantic getaway, just the two of us to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. In case you've never been there, it is the all-you-can-eat buffet capital of the universe. (laughs) Everything is all-you-can-eat buffet. And we, newlyweds, we hit the buffet scene okay we hit it hard okay like we were all of like so we did the Shoney's thing okay in the morning we did the captain d's if you've been in myrtle beach captain d's uh, seafood kitchen okay captain d's someone there captain george's everything's captains over there we did hungry Howie's, like everything 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 and we ate ourselves sick during that week but then the pinnacle of it all the pinnacle was on our second to last day. We went to a fine establishment known as Mammy's kitchen. <laughs> Mammy's kitchen. If you ever been to Myrtle Beach, there's a Pappy's kitchen and a Mammy's kitchen. And you can imagine the high quality food that we're talking about right there. In Mammy's kitchen. And I'm telling you, this is true. You asked my wife about it. We're like married for like a year. We're like still in like the newlywed like whatever with each other when I had to walk out. I had to walk out. I made my plate. Okay, and every time I make a plate, I wasn't hungry, but it didn't matter if I'm hungry, I'm eating. Okay? Nothing looked appetizing, but again, that, that's, that's inconsequential. And I filled my plate, and I used to fill that plate, because like, in addition to wanting to eat, I didn't want to have to get up. So I filled that plate, okay? and I put the meats at the bottom. You, know, you never put the vegetables on the bottom. You put the meat as a base layer, okay? so you can build up on that. It's like Legos. Okay? You've got to have the strong foundation, and I built that bad boy up, and I put stuff that I never even heard of. I didn't even like it. I don't care, I'm going to eat it sat down at that table and I started eating and it was, I was just I'm sick to my stomach and I'm forcing it down. Okay, you know, I'm forcing, finally I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. And I had to get up, ask my wife. I had to leave, I left her there. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna be outside in the parking lot. <laughs> Mammy wins, okay? <laughs> I cannot defeat Mammy. And I left my beautiful bride sitting in there in Mammy's kitchen by herself with a big old plate of food in front of her, which is mine, and her own plate. And I waited in outside. And what I'm telling you, the lesson is simple. Are buffets wrong? No. Are they illegal? No. Are they immoral? No. But I shouldn't go. I shouldn't go. I shouldn't go to all-you-can-eat buffets. I should, you know where I shouldn't go especially? I shouldn't go on a cruise. <laughs> and I, my whole life, up until this past summer, my whole life, my dad begged me to go, I'm not going on a cruise. My wife, my, everyone in my family want to go on a cruise. I can't, I can't, I will explode if I go on a cruise. <laughs> and then this past summer, we decided we we're going to take a cruise. My wife's beautiful idea was to take a cruise. And I said, you know, and she said, well, so I had a plan (laughs) and I started off good. Okay. Until lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And if you've ever been on a cruise, man, it is impossible. It is impossible. Okay. Because there is a 24 seven buffet and in something that Adventure on the cruise, I don't know if you heard of this. Okay. Like breakfast is fantastic. Lunch is great. Dinner's great. They invented a meal between lunch and dinner. (laughs) Did you know afternoon snack It's no snack. Okay. I'm filling up on the cakes. I'm on the sandwiches. I'm eating everything I can. And this is, I'm I'm forcing myself to eat. And then finally, I said to myself, you know what? This is too much. So we made a decision that in order to keep me alive, okay, by the end of the trip, that I was not going to go to the buffet for dinner anymore. I was going to gorge myself breakfast and lunch and probably afternoon snack. But for dinner, for that one meal a day, I would go to the restaurant. In the restaurant, you order something and it comes in a little plate. What I'm about to say, I'm not proud of. But that first evening at dinner, we sat down, we ordered the food. Takes forever to bring the food out. I'm like dying, because I know there's good stuff upstairs, just one flight upstairs. (laughs) They bring the food out. I finish in four seconds. Everyone else is still eating. I said, um... (laughs) I said, oh, I'm I'm gonna be right back. I have to go to the bathroom real quick. (laughs) And where did I go? I'm not proud of this upstairs, two slices of pizza and a piece of lasagna, as in in between the the courses of the… I'm not proud of myself. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's get back here. Is it immoral to go to a buffet? Is it against the law to go to a buffet? Is it against the Ten Commandments? Will I go to hell if I go to a buffet? No. But for me, is it wise? No. No, no, in a million years, no. And what I'm saying is, for you, in light of your past experiences, you have to ask yourself the same question. Like in light of who you are, in light of what you've gone through, is it wise for you, and we'll just go down the list, is it wise for you to take that job? Is it wise to take that job right now? Is it wise? Is it wise for you to download that app right now? Are you sure? Are you sure given, is it wise for you to go out to that event? Is it wise for you, given how much you've gone overboard so many times in the past? Those who don't learn from their past are doomed to repeat it. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27 to 28. Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? Meaning like, if this thing burned you last week, and it burned you the week before, and it burned you the week before, you're really going to take it and think that you're not going to get burned? Come on, you're smarter than that. You're smarter than that don't settle for is it right or wrong first in light of my past experience is this the wise thing to do let's move now to our present my current circumstances in light of my current circumstances is that the wise thing to do and life in case you haven't figured this out life is lived in seasons and there are seasons for certain things and seasons for things to be different and some things are appropriate for this season but they might not be appropriate for the next season. Or let me say that better. They were appropriate last season, but they might not be appropriate in the present season. The writer of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon, says this. Ecclesiastes 3.1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. In other words, you know, there was a song made about this, okay, by the birds, the time for this, time for that. Let me say it my own way. There's a time to date and time not to date. There's a time to spend and a time to save. There's a time to stay out, and there's a time to stay in. There's a time to reach out. There's a time to protect oneself. And the important part is it's not forever. It may just be for a season. Like I remember for me, like when my kids were younger, okay, when I was ordained as priest, I didn't have kids, and then eventually I had kids, and now my kids are kind of on the grown-up side. So for me, there was a time when the kids were younger that I said, you know what, for this particular season, I gotta just be committed to, you know what, I don't go out on weeknights, and I made there was there was a while I spent probably it was probably like a five six seven year period where I said you know what I'll be out one weeknight per week that's it, and then you would say is that is that really a priest do-? no I'm not saying all priests should do that, and before I had kids was the opposite I was probably out five nights a week, but at that season I felt like you know what my kids I needed to be home and I know going forward that that season will end and maybe that rule will change. Maybe I'll be out, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe I'll be out more. Like my point is, it doesn't, it's not a forever decision, but in light of my current circumstances, is it the wise thing to do? Parents, you have your kids, depending on how old your kids are. Is it wise given that your kids age and given the needs that they have right now and knowing that they're gonna be out the door soon? Okay, if you're thinking they're gonna be out the door at 18, I got news for you. Once they hit 16, they're out the door. Is it wise? to take on that extra commitment now? Like, I know it's good for your career. I know it'll be good for your career, but is it wise? I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying, is it wise now? Maybe it's something that'll be wise in a couple of years, but is it wise now? Wise to start that business, wise to take that job, wise to commit to whatever. Not right or wrong, but is it wise? So number one, in light of my past experiences, and just think of me at the buffet, is it wise to make that decision? Number two, in light of my current circumstances, is it wise to make that decision now? And let's go future. In light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Look, there's nothing worse than seeing someone lose their lifelong dream. Someone destroy, a dream destroyed, but I'll tell you what's worse than someone's dream getting destroyed is when they destroy it themselves. Like it's sad if you take away my dream, it's worse if I take away myself by self-sabotaging my own future and my own dreams but i see this all the time i see all the time you ask someone hey what is it you want out of life where do you want to end up what are you trying to accomplish and i hear great words but then the action behind it the action that goes around it is undermining that very goal singles how many singles I want a godly marriage. I want a godly wife. I want a godly husband. I want a godly home. Okay. But you're living very ungodly as a single person. So how does that add up? Because in case you haven't figured out, you're going to attract what you are. A godly person doesn't want an ungodly person. So it's very logic. Dating couple. We want God's blessing for our future. Okay. But you're living engaged life to do your best to put God as far away as possible from your relationship. You ignore everything he says to do you ignore his everything, but you somehow want his blessing to come in there. Parents, how many of us say our kid's number one, our kid's number one, we want our kid's number one. Oh really? Because anytime I talk to your kids, they say Facebook is number one. They say Instagram is number one for mommy. They say she's always on her phone, but on her phone she's typing in how important her kids are and posting it somewhere. How many of us say we want the will of God, we want God to guide us, we want God's blessing. and every day, We hit that snooze button. We ignore God day after day after day. We ignore his word. We ignore time and prayer. But we really want God to bless our lives and to guide our day. How? i me give you a verse right here. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. God is not mocked. Meaning you can't pull a fast one on God. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will say with me, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You can pull a fast one on yourself. You can pull a fast one on me. You cannot pull a fast one on God. So you will reap what you sow. And in light of that, let's go through it again. Let me give you some challenges right here. In light of where you want to be in the future, financially, your financial hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do right now? Like be, be an adult. This is a maturity thing. A mature person can delay gratification for the sake of something greater down the road. So where do I want to be? What financial freedom do I want? And then make a goal and stick to it. Don't let Amazon trick you. Don't let Target destroy your financial freedom goals. Like, come on. Is that the wise thing to do given your future hopes and dreams? Single people, like I said, you figure out where you want to be 10 years from now. You figure out the relationship you want. You figure out where you want to end. And then I ask you, Is what you're doing now the wise way to get there? Is this, this, do you see the path from A to B to C to D, leading where you want? If you're married and you plan to go to the distance with your spouse, everyone's dream, to be married forever, BFF the right way, best friends forever, for life forever, whatever. That's your plan. Let me ask you a question. Are you doing anything now that puts that at jeopardy? Do you want to get there? Is there anything that may be allowable, may be illegal, you're not breaking the law, but it puts that goal in jeopardy? Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're not doing anything to facilitate that goal. <clears throat> you got children. How do you envision those children as teenagers, college kids, adults married? One day, how do you envision the relationship between you two? How do you envision their relationship with God? Well, if that's what you're envisioning, what what are you doing today? That's going to take you there. Come on, you're smart enough to figure this out. If you invest nothing in that relationship, then don't be surprised when you get nothing from it because God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows that he will also reap. Look, I don't want to sound negative. But when it comes to your future hopes and dreams, the deck is stacked against you. You know that, right? The deck is stacked against you actually getting there. Life is not in your favor. The days are evil. That's what St. Paul said. And because of that, because we understand that the gravitational pull will always be to the edge, the gravitational pull will never be towards a happy marriage. The gravitational pull will be towards, the gravitational pull will never be towards financial freedom. It'll always be towards excess. The gravitational pull will never be to a pure and God-honoring life. The gravitational pull will always try to pull me toward the edge of the cliff and knock me over. So because of that, think of it like the undertow in the, in the, in the, in the ocean because I know there's an undertow that's always pulling. I want to get there, but the undertows, so you know what? We have to be very intentional that I'm going to go in this direction. And I know that even if I'm intentional going this way, it's still going to push me, but I'm going to be intentional. So I'm going to ask myself these questions. And I promise you, if you learn to integrate these questions into your daily decision-making, you will not regret it. You will not regret it because ultimately in the end, we've all seen too many people Lose their dream with little decisions. We don't want that to be us. So get rid of the idea. Is it wrong? Will it send me to hell? Show me in the Bible. I want to hear that question again. The question we're going to ask is in light of my past experiences, in light of my current circumstances, in light of my future hopes and dreams, is it the wise thing to do? Ephesians chapter 5, we'll show you that verse once again. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. In the end, you know this, in the end, our lives are nothing more than the sum of our decisions. That's it. Where we end up, I mean, forget where we end up, where we are today is simply the sum total of the decisions that we made along the way and the decisions that others made along the way that affected us as well. So you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your loved ones and you owe it to the people whose lives are directly and indirectly impacted by the decisions you make today for generations to come. You owe it to them and you owe it to yourself to pause and ask yourself better questions to make better decisions. i put up here on the screen. And in case we'll make this easy for you, okay? We have these little postcards. You, you see some people want to take a picture of you, put it over there. We're also going to hand you out these little postcards as soon as I finish. You see people up and down the aisle here and in Leesburg as well. They're going to have these postcards. And you, I want you to take this. I don't want this to be a series that was in one ear and out the other. I want you to hang this on your fridge. Hang it on your mirror. Hang it in front of you and work to incorporate these questions into your daily decision-making. Because like I said, in the end, your life will only be as good as the decisions that you make, and your decisions will only be as good as the questions that you ask yourself. My hope and my prayer is that when we look back 10 years from now, we look back, maybe someone will have this card 10 years from now, when all of us are in canes and walkers and whatever, someone will have this card and say, you know what, that card, that question right there saved me from some serious regrets that, that, that I could have had in my life. So. Make sure you grab one of these cards, and when I come visit you in your home, I want to see these things displayed right here, but more importantly, I want to see decisions made based on them. Let's stand together and say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us, all that you've given to us. We thank you, Lord, for laying out in front of us the path to life. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us this this Like you have big dreams for us. You have big dreams where you want us to end up. We thank you for that, Lord, and we pray that you would help us not to get in the way of those dreams with our bad decisions. Help us, Lord, to fulfill your plan for our lives by making better decisions and leading to a life with fewer regrets. We hope today's message inspires you in your faith journey. And at the end of this episode, we invite you to take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel.